Off the Groove with Scotty Dubler. Friday, March 26, 2021, episode number 178. And I'm keeping your laughing in there. It's Good. fine. This is the Carter, one we're using. Carter, Carter made it. <laughs> Woo! The patrons will know what's, up, what's so funny about it. Hey, man, how are what's you? Up? What's up, buddy? I'm great. How are you? I literally just tried that about five or six times before actually to make yeah, made it. I'm work. glad. I'm glad you made it. Kind of like you riding a bicycle. Mm, let's not get into stop, that. Stop. Stumble off the start, but you're good to go at the end. That's fine. You gotta. Yes. Yeah. I, I gotta have the training wheels at, at some point, and then those will come off, and then I'll learn to ride a motorcycle okay. eventually. Okay. Good. 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 You, uh, you What's think, up, buddy? <laughs> hey, dude. <laughs> how are you? I'm good, man. I'm I'm good. I'm ready. I'm ready for this episode. Um, are you not rested? A whole lot of. St- are you rested? Yeah. You've had Dude, like a I've been week. Catching up on my sleep. You you went pretty oh. hard for the bike weeks, and then seventeen days being gone was a long time. And yeah, then you've been yeah. a week or a few days here without anything going on. So you probably rested right. up, right? Yeah, I'm rested up. I'm ready to go. I'm actually thinking about hopping in my car and driving to Iowa. I don't, man, it's just a long ways up there to the indoor concrete race. I'm, if I was announcing, it'd be no problem. But if I'm going up there just to watch, man, it's just a long ways to go. I don't know. I might skip it. So, so I'm right. missing Iowa and I'm bummed about it because yeah. I was going to go. I've never been to any, like concrete indoor. So, so indoor concrete is exciting it's like a fist fight in the phone booth it's yeah. right there it's it's loud as can be there's always contact there's people going down and you're definitely not going there to make any friends i, I love it i love it sign me up i mean not sign me up to ride sign <laughs> me up to watch no right right what I, and i gotta make it to timonium or something because there's yep. it's not just this one in iowa right they're all over the country just like just like the flat track right? yeah and this and there's different promoters this one's actually being promoted by the people i do the ice racing series for okay so and it's two days of racing there's only like like five or six classes so they're trying to keep it shorter and sweeter because when you're indoors if you have too many bikes too many classes it gets smoky in there and then you can't breathe and have to stop and stuff so they're keeping it kind of down to five or six classes it still should be really exciting really entertaining i hope a crowd shows up i hope they uh they're successful in this event and i hope they keep doing it yeah and uh for those of you who might not be able to make it to iowa like scotty and i there may be a new right. little entity that might be offering some content left out what? Sammy's going. He's he's headed that way probably right now. Driving that way right yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. So as we're recording this. Yes. Yep. Yeah, he was actually uh called while we were talking to uh to our guest this week. So, yeah, it's going to be good stuff. I don't know exactly what he's going to be able to get. I don't know how much he's working or how much he'll be able to get us content, but hey, I told him, "Hey, you're there. I've never been there. Bring me there. I want to see what a concrete indoor is." He's going to show me. We might he might even like take me through a little pit walk like on a on a live or something if there's a signal there. Who knows? Um, we're gonna have a lot of fun, right? But, but yeah, we'll see some cool. concrete stuff there, and then there's some uh, there's some racing before we go to the nationals again. Get back to the nationals and oh yeah, in, in a, here in a few yep. weeks. But uh, but yeah, man, we'll try to bring as much as we can throughout the season as our schedules allow. And uh, you and I are doing this every week like we normally do, so there's plenty of stuff to consume flat track wise. So that's not bad. Absolutely, there there is one big thing in the news I really want to talk about because mm-hmm. it, it's huge. This this to me is huge. Yeah, and it just seemed to me like another sponsor, you know, putting up some money. But you, you actually explained to me that this is a big deal. So it's Mobile View, which mm-hmm. for people who don't know what Mobile View is, they have they supply the big screen TV that is at every AFT national. Yep. So obviously we're talking about AFT races. They're putting up seventy five hundred dollars to the Rookie of the Year in the AFT singles class, and that, my friends, is a lot of money. Some of these 
guys are driving to the races in a van. Some of them have a bigger, better ride. It yeah. doesn't matter. Seventy-five hundred bucks. The reason it's going to the singles classers, it's kind of twofold. There's not very many new riders. Uh, I don't think there's any new riders in the Super Twins class. There may be a few new riders in the Production Twins class, but the reason is for these singles riders to take this seventy-five hundred dollars, apply it towards getting a twin or apply it towards the next season. And I love kind of a love-hate deal, you know, because back in the day, and we always talk about back in the day, it was for the best expert or the best, you know, in the big class. Well, that's fine and dandy. Sometimes those guys don't necessarily need the money. This is for the up-and-comers, yeah. you know, in the first year as a pro. So it gives these guys something to shoot for. And maybe some of these riders weren't necessarily signed on for the whole season, but with $7,500 up for grabs, I think we're going to see a lot of them going for it. And, man, there's some fast company. I've got a list here of at least six people. Yeah. And that's just off the top of my head. I'm talking, you know, we're talking about Cody Cop, Billy the Kid Ross. We're talking about uh, Trent Pickle, Hunter Bauer. We've, we've talked about him with, when we had the Waters Autobody NKR team on here. Jared Lowe, which is Trent Lowe's little brother. Ian Wolf, Terrence Santero, Ezra Bruski are just a few of the names. I, if I left anybody out, I'm, I'm apologizing, but... When this press release came out, those are the first few that came to mind. We know Cody Cop missed the main event the first night. He made the main event the second night down there at Volusia. That means it's still up for grabs. Yeah. I mean, if only one or two riders have, have made a main event so far, we're two rounds in, it's still up for grabs. It's anybody's ballgame. Somebody goes in there that hasn't made a main event and goes out there and wins somehow. Yeah. It's possible. Dallas Daniels did it last year. They could take home seventy five hundred dollars on top of whatever else they want, so it's huge. Yeah, and it's it's super cool. Like I, I've been around like five years in the sport, and it seems like every year that they've had some sort of rookie of the year type of deal. But it's only seemed to be like one or two competitors, and like you kind of knew who it was after the first or second right. round, who the winner was right. going to be. It seemed to be this year. It's like all those all those young riders that are going to not just be competing, but like really going hard uh harder than they would have already and this this class is already stacked and the racing is already intense so like yep. the fact that we can add another storyline and another reason for these uh these riders to get around uh get around these ovals the fastest and not just ovals tts as well um but like i think right. it's gonna be uh I, you know me i love storylines so give me all the storylines i want them Absolutely. Absolutely. So that was the biggest news. There wasn't much else in the news. I mean, it's kind of quiet. There's not much going on between Volusia and Atlanta. Uh, I had a, a conference call on Wednesday to talk about things for Atlanta. We're going to make a few changes as far as on the production side, but it's just little stuff. Kind of saw a sketch of the racetrack finally, and I'm pretty excited about it. That's all I can say. Ah. I cannot tease it anymore. I can't. I can't. I was promised not to, but uh, it's, it's going to be good. Is there going to be dirt on the track? Yes. Can you Is there going to be pavement on the track? Can you tell if it's yes. only dirt? Okay. Okay. Well, we've heard that too. All right. All right. Yeah. No, it's pavement and dirt. Um, yeah. Man, it's going to be good. What's, what I'm pissed about is when we get off this call, you're still not going to be able to tell me, and that's what I'm frustrated about. <laughs> um, that's right. But eventually. I don't want to lose my job. We'll all see it. Um, and we all know. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be cool. It'll be some things that are unique to it that'll never have never been probably there's things that will never be again that's how all these tts have built like when we did the daytona when they did sturges right like they were they all had their unique characteristics and uh Correct. I, look, I look forward to seeing how the uh the riders go on it more than anything but uh but i think uh i think we're going to see some of the same people that we expect to see 
at the top. That's just my two yeah. cents. Most TT riders are good on every kind of TT course, and yep. it kind of it, it it will lend itself to either having a motocross background, which is good for the jumping, but it's also good for the front braking, or a road racer, which is good at a controlled slide, also good with using the front brake. So uh, it, it's going to open up the door. Maybe you might have some new winners. We'll have to wait and see. I mean, that's why we race, though. It's just to see who's going to win, who's going to be the fastest that day. What was the last TT we raced? Putting you, Peoria you last spot. year. We didn't race Peoria, that, though. No, no, we didn't. But it had been Peoria the year before then, so it's Would been it a minute. Would it have been the Super TT? No, the Super TT was early in the season. Peoria is like always August, right around my birthday. Oh, you're saying Peoria in 2019. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Yep. yep. It's gotcha. my guess. It's no, my guess. You. No, you're right. I think you're right. I've been, I've been to a few races since then. <laughs> You've been to a few. Uh, no, I think, uh, well, I was going to say, if it was the Super TT... Mr. J.D. Beach, who finished second last week, did pretty well. Yeah. What? Oh, yeah, yeah. I was, I, yeah. I was going to say, he finished, he won the Super TT. Yeah, I yeah. thought you were going with finished second. But, yeah, he won the Arizona Super TT, which was his first Grand National victory and first for Yamaha in a long, long time. Yeah, yeah. Um, and well, while you're on that note, Yamaha is now located and in the Atlanta area. You're right. You're right. Mm. So they do sponsor that. They've sponsored that race the past two or three years, right? So uh, Correct. Good stuff. Yep. Well, cool, yep. man. You want to get into this week's episode? Yeah, I'm, I'm excited, but I don't think I'm half as excited as you are to hear these two. No, I mean, I don't know. I've chatted with them through Facebook Messenger ever since I've been a fan of the sport. When I first got involved, uh, I realized very quickly uh, that flattrack.com was a great site to go to to get all kinds of information uh from all sorts of people involved in the community and uh once i learned that they were in charge of it i, I had all kinds of questions uh so i would like ping them all the time when we first started this podcast mia helped mm -hmm. uh promote off the groove a lot on flattrack.com and you know it, it just come to love them even though i've never met them or talked to them on the phone until tonight um so Super cool with everything going on since Bike Week in the past couple of weeks around FlatTrack.com. There's been a lot of questions, uh, concerns that it may be going away. Is it coming back? Right. Um, it just recently got uh, put back online earlier this week. The whole community is celebrating as a result. Um, <laughs> but we've wanted to have these two on for a while. Even some of you have asked us for an episode with these two. So, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, episode number 178 with Mia and Chu. Yeah. Hello. Mia and Chu, is that you? I haven't seen you guys in I don't know how long. I just want to make sure you guys are still doing all right over in Ohio. <laughs> is that you for real? It's us. Well, let me check. Uh, I've got my driver's license and I'm wearing my underwear. <laughs> well, that, that's all that matters right there. That's it. So how the heck are you guys doing? Well, we're, we've been kind of lonely because we really haven't been able to go anywhere because yeah. of this little uh, bug that's going. But we went to one race last year. And usually one. we hit 40, 50, yeah, one. And uh, so we're really trying to gear up for, for the coming season. And... Uh, we're going to try to get back in the saddle. I've got a head cold, so I, but we're trying to get back in the saddle and kind of get back in the swing of things. Well, I, I've got to know, which one race did you go to last year? Which one was that? Iceland. Steve Nace All-Star Race in Iceland. Okay. All right. And uh, 
that that was that's close to home, and gotcha. was able to squeeze away and get there. Come live with my mother. She's eighty five years old now. She's been vaccinated, so we really want to be careful about what and where we went. I so, totally get uh, it. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So we things are seem to be getting back towards normal, although it's not a hundred percent. But um, no normal. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Mia, what have you been doing since I seen you last? I I guess I don't I don't even know the last time I talked to you. Oh gosh, Springfield 2019, I believe. Oh my goodness. Well, what you been up to? Yeah, it's been a minute. Oh, you know the usual work, jonesing for a flat track race, watching mm-hmm. on any Sunday, working some more, the usual. Right on. You know right. Yeah, I was He's gonna get into that. Yeah, I was going to get into that in just a little bit. I heard I heard not only are you working at B-dubs, keeping shoe in line, which yes. is a full-time job, milking cows, and you still do photography. So how do you have time to do any of that stuff? Well, uh, I don't worry about the keeping shoe in line. Um, the important thing is focusing on the possible, knowing okay. what your limitations are. And, yep. yeah, keeping shoe in line doesn't make the list. But the rest of it I can <laughs> squeeze in. I, I get it. Well, the reason I called you guys is obviously uh, you guys run flatjack.com on Facebook, but I wanted to dive in and and get to know you guys a little bit more because, you know, maybe the people that don't go to the races don't get to see you guys and don't know who you guys are. So let's go way back to the beginning, and I'm going to go one at a time. So uh, we'll start with you, Mia. Where were you born? I was born here in Ohio. Um, Spent part of my childhood in Maryland and then back to Ohio. Okay. So did you like growing up in Ohio? What's it like? It's it's really the only state I've lived in for more than a year or two <laughs> since I moved here. So uh, right. I, I love it. It's uh, pea gravel capital. We've got lots of races all year round. And it's uh, pretty good for growing stuff on the farm. So Right on. I, I love it. I love it. Chew, I'm going to ask you the same question. Where were you born? I was born basically right here where we're talking from in a little a little blank town called called Radnor. It's right between um Marion, Ohio and Delaware, Ohio. We were about thirty five miles from Columbus, which, you know, was the main game for the Cherry Newsies national championships back in the day. And uh mm-hmm. but uh we had a farm here and uh I had to I I, I milked cows for about thirty years. And then I, we just couldn't grow anymore, and you had to. And uh, so I went to work for John Deere at a at a store uh, not too far from here. I was there 14 years, and then uh, the opportunity came up for me to go back and milk cows for uh, one of our neighbors as assistant herdsman. So that was kind of cool to go back to where I started and leave the farm and not have the headaches that we used to have when I milked my own cows. So... Uh, yeah, that's pretty much, you know, uh, this is where I started. And, uh, uh, this is, a, you know, I'll probably be here the rest of our lives. Is the, we really, we got 40 acres we, we live wow. on and, uh, wow. it's, uh, it, it's just nice little, not in the middle of nowhere. Uh, you know, if we have three cars go up the road in a day, it's like, wow, traffic's really, <laughs> you know, so it, it's a cool place to be. You can actually sit out in the backyard. And not hear anything, but looks around you like you know crickets and but you know the peat wow. frogs are carrying on. Yeah, so I, it's, I don't it's really cool. 
I don't think I've ever experienced that since I was a little kid and went to my great grandmother's house in Neosho, Missouri. But uh, that's cool. It's it's got to be really cool and, and down to earth and everything. But Chew, I gotta know, how do you go from milking cows to motorcycle racing? Well, when when I was uh, well, about seven years old, I had two cousins that lived right down the road from us, and uh, they were. Uh, belonged to which is now the Ohio Flat Track Sports Center, which was Triangle Motorcycle Club. And one cousin was sign up, or all the other cousin flagged the corners. And uh, like I say, they were quite a bit older than me, but they had Harleys. And being involved in that, uh, I was down here a lot, and I used to hear stories about going. They used to go to races all the time, and I used to hear stories about the races and. Finally, one day when I, I was about six or seven, I was five, eight years old, they said, hey, we're going to take you to a race. And uh ended up taking me to the old Plain City, a high half mile, which is now a softball field. But anyway, which is the problem with a lot of our tracks we have anymore. They, they're no longer racetracks. But it was like a, for a kid who had been, you know, uh, uh, told – Hey man, y'all seen that race? And you know, it, I had never been to one. I went. And it's like the kid going to Disney World. You can't get filled in the day. It, there's no way. You know, that right. back there was eighteen, eighteen novice heats, sprints. Uh, you know, uh, there was probably five, six junior heats, and four or five expert heats. And there, there, it wasn't even a national. It was just a. And uh, the the guy that really caught my eye that day was Ronnie Rawl. Ronnie Rawl at that time was buzzing around beating a lot of people. And Ronnie, you know, then I found out, well, gosh, Ronnie's a farmer. And no, I didn't find out Ronnie's a farmer. I found out Ronnie milked cows, just like I was. You know, I grew up growing up on a dairy farm. And I thought, wow, they do that? I thought they just run around the country in the van and, you know. So he was like, as a seven or eight-year-old, he was like my, my main hero. I mean, he, boom, here he is, uh, you know. And I just kind of went, I, I raced some amateur stuff a little bit, but I found out I'd win more races if I just stayed on my bike behind the barn and raced on the little <laughs> track I built. I'd want to, you know, we saw a little we saw a little five-year-old kid at a, at a race once. We were doing a shoot. And I, I saw a little five-year-old bobblehead. Because you know how they do, they accelerate on the PW50s. And their helmet's way bigger than their head. And it takes them back, and then they fall home. Well, this kid was six. There was only six in the class. But it was so when he when he come around on the checker flag, he, we could hear him under his helmet. And he goes, and the crowd went wild. I thought, <laughs> that was me. But I said, yeah, and that crowd goes wild. So anyway, um, so, I've been, so then I became a professional fan. I mean, I just started going to the races, and, and we got to go to the nationals and uh, the ones closest here, which have been in Columbus and Louisville and Indy and Terry Hope. You know. mm-hmm. And I would see the Enthusiast magazine, which was a magazine Harley had, and I'd mm-hmm. see guys like Mark Rockwell, Dave Sell, and Corky Keener, but I never got to see him race because I hadn't been to a national yet. Well, they took me to Columbus. And there stands Mert Lawwell right there on the other side of the chain. I'm like, wow, this is like, you know, this is like, like, you know, I didn't know what to think. I'm just a kid, and here he is right there. Wow. So, um, 
Yeah, and 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 then to see him race and then to see him live, it is like, you know. So I um and Ronnie Wall was there too, which wow. And then uh so I went the next year and I man, I gotta get see these guys. I gotta I gotta get autographs. Because back then it was hard to get in the pits and especially Columbus. That guy was good. It was hard to get by. But I was getting old enough then that I I got by and, and I went in the pits and uh, I didn't get in there very long, but I was in there long enough to get a few autographs. But yeah. uh, but I just kind of kept going to the races, and uh, I would milk, uh, you know, and uh, I got some people that I had some people help me out that would milk, and I could go to race, and, uh, and I, I, it just led up to where we are now. I, it's something that I, I loved from the time I saw it, and then after I met the actual people involved, uh, the writers themselves, and found out that they're just as down to earth as, you know, I call it, I kind of always said that the flat track was kind of like being in, in the Amish because we're kind of small community, but mm-hmm. we help each other out. And, and it's like, uh, where else can you go? And a guy breaks his bike, and the competitor says, well, here's Bob's part. Thread my spare. It, right. it don't happen in other places. That's right. And um, you find out that the people are, are, are down to earth as, as they possibly can be. So Absolutely. That, yeah. That, so I was, you know, uh, Milking Cows was my first love, Flat Track my my second. And I, lo- I, really I love it. Yeah, yeah, I really never cared for any other sport because it just – to me, there's just nothing like there's just nothing like a dirt track race. I, I know. Right. There you go. So, so Mia, before we get into some more of these stories about these old old time celebrities and and people that that you guys are fell in love with, I want to back up and and I want to know, and a lot of people want to know, how did Mia fit into the picture and get and how did you meet Chu? I guess. Well, we like to tell people the truth. Uh, I was his server. I was a waitress. Okay. He was my favorite regular. Um, one night he didn't tip, and I'm going to make sure he pays for it the rest of his life. No, um, <laughs> actually, he'd come in there for. I, you know what I tell people, sorry. I, I'm actually I'm 11 years older than her. But I tell everybody, well, she was my babysitter. Well, you know, she was my babysitter. No, I was the waitress in a sports bar, and um, he was my favorite regular customer in there for over a year. And one day he asked me out, and I told him no. And about four months later, I realized I'd made a terrible mistake. And we went to dinner, and we've been together since. That's amazing, amazing. So I kind of heard this story from a, a little birdie, I think, Mia. And I think I think you tried playing a, a few sports, and then I heard you had a race car at one time. Did I hear that true? Is that is that right? Yes, I had a quarter midget race car. Um, okay. Well, I, to begin with, I've always had um, a disdain for sports. I'm not very sports minded. Anyone who's met me knows I'm not athletic. Uh, in fact, I'm doing very good to walk out a door without walking into a window. Um, <laughs> as a kid, I was the one. You know how they always say you're the one chosen last for sport, for gym, for teams mm-hmm. and gym? Yep. I was not only chosen last. They were calling kids that didn't even go to our school 
and choosing them before they put me on a team. I mean, I was bad. Yeah, yeah. And so um, my mother decided that I needed to get more activity, so she signed me up for softball. And at the time, they didn't know that I am legally blind in one eye and severely nearsighted in the other. I broke the record for the Delaware County Manger Chiefs that year, uh, even with my visual impairment. I caught the most balls that season with my face. Every game, every <laughs> practice, it didn't matter. I was leaving with the chipped tooth, a split lip, a black eye. I mean, something. And after the season ended, they found out about my eyesight, and my parents felt terrible about it. And mm -hmm. they decided they would buy me a quarter midget race car, and I was going to be a race car driver. And for, you know... I, elementary school girl. This was huge. This was exciting. And I got to meet Mario Andretti and speak with him about racing. And wow. you know, it was going to be a big adventure. Uh, very wonderful guy. Very nice guy. Um, very helpful to a little girl. Anyway, uh, day came to sign up for my race and we were headed there. And halfway there, my mother realized this was basically suicide on my behalf and a 10-year postponed abortion on hers. She turned around, went home, loaded my car up, towed it off. I never even got to take a lap. Uh, man. So she, she wanted to make it up to me, put me into karate. I did very well up to a green belt. To get past green, you had to spar, and apparently the only thing that kills more kids than sparring is quarter midget race cars because she pulled me out. <laughs> Man. Uh, this went on all the way through school. I finally, I'm, I did very well in a junior lifeguarding class, so I joined the school swim team, and that's how we know I can only save people who drown in slow motion. Um, I tried barrel racing for a while. Yeah. I won several ribbons. That went well. And then one day I was eating lunch, and my horse ran the clover leaf with a faster time without me. Oh, no. So I was just done with sports. Uh, I wanted nothing to do with them. And when I met Chew, he's telling me about flat track. And I'm imagining it's either what I see the guys on the cross rockets doing on Route 23 or what I see the kids on the Navi bikes doing it, you know, with the jumps and all. And he'll outgrow. I'll, he'll get over it. Uh, I'll make sure of that. We're not going to have that. So I move in with him. And I'm cleaning out room in the closet. And I find a box of unmarked videotapes. And we're all adults here. We know when you're cleaning out a bachelor's bedroom <laughs> closet and there's a box of unmarked videotapes, it's got to be pirated Looney Tunes cartoons, right? Absolutely. That's what I keep in my closet. Yeah, I keep in the house. I see them and I said, hey, you found them. Pop one in. And what did you say? Man? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, uh, and he pops one in and it was Springfield, Illinois, Kevin Atherton's rookie year. Mm -hmm. He's getting ready to race. And I think I saw the guy get into like 42 crashes between the pit gate and the starting line for practice. I'm not sure. But it was just mm -hmm. one co collision after another. And each time, Kevin Atherton has this beautiful smile. And he says, oh, I've still got a lot to learn. But it's a beautiful day for racing in Springfield, Illinois. And I'm thinking, this guy's like Wiley Coyote on a motorcycle. <laughs> I can relate to him. Yep. I, I, I feel all this. So he pops in the second video, and it's 10 years later, Springfield. 
Mm-hmm. This time, Kevin only gets in like three crashes on the starting line, and each time, big smile. He's like, these young kids have a lot to learn, but it's a beautiful day for racing. I'm like, I have never related to an athlete more in my life. Yeah? When's the next race? I'll go to one. <laughs> and it just happened. There was one that weekend in Dayton, Ohio. That's when you got hooked, right? Well, we got to the racetrack. We got there way early, obviously, because Dayton's not that far from us. And we're walking around, and he's introducing me to a few people. And the racers, I don't see any racers yet, but he introduces me to a few of the fans. And one of them was this real nice guy named Joe. And, you know, Chu told Joe it was my first race. And Joe's like, do you have any questions about it? And I'm like, yeah, what's going on? So he tells me everything, um, tear-offs and steel shoes and what the names of the parts of the racetrack are, and you know, the whole crash course, everything you wanted to know about flat track, grooving tires. Um, we must have spent a good, what, honey, two hours? Yeah. You yeah. Know, talking to the guy. And we finally, it was time to get into the infield. The bikes were going to start. We got in, and I'm watching as they come into the turn and I get blasted with the pea gravel and I'm watching these guys perfect two wheeled choreography, like a a super high speed adrenaline ballet on wheels. You know, it was amazing. And I was mesmerized till the end of the last checker dropped. And she says, let's go on over and watch the podium, you know, watch him get his trophy. I'm like, we can do that here. So we go up to the podium and the guy takes off his, you know, third place takes off his helmet, second place. And then the winner takes off his helmet. It's Joe. The guy that just spent two hours talking to me about, you know, every stupid question on earth about flat track when he should have been getting ready to race was none other than that night's winner, Joe Cop. Wow. I'm like, oh, oh, he's a racer. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know he was fast. (laughs) Right. And when I realized what kind of personalities were under these faceless helmets and what kind of awesome senses of humor and down-to-earth personalities and, you know, just general true blue kind of human beings these guys and gals were, how can you not love it? Exactly. So, Chu, you told us a story about Ronnie Raw. We just heard about Joe Cop. What's your next favorite story in flat track? Well, it, it kind of ties together. You know, I'll go back to where I was with Ronnie Raw. You know, he first guy that I really, you know, considered my hero. Okay, and okay. So now we'll fast forward after I met Ronnie, and and you know, we're real good friends now. And his sister Kathy Raleigh Step, who she she could write a book. She's like. She's like a, a flat track encyclopedia Britannica. But she, they told her about four or five years ago, she said, hey, Ronnie doesn't want to sit here. Would you want to walk around with him? And I said, sure. So I start walking around with him, and he's almost 80 years old. you know. And it's like I got six grandkids. And taking them after I've been with him is like take, it was a, it, they're a piece of cake. <laughs> and he just kept saying, come on, let's go, go. I don't want to. So, I mean, he was wearing me down. Yeah. Just trying to keep up. And he said, two knees replaced. And 
got ran by a bull. And he still, so luckily, and rest in peace, Babe DeMay, but Babe DeMay was there in the pitch, and Ronnie saw Babe DeMay, and he says, hey, let's go talk to Babe. And I got a break. I got a break. I got to sit down and rest. So there's one story right there. The first yeah. guy that I really hooked on, and now I'm I'm walking around with him, at, you know, 50 years later at, at a racetrack. Okay, my other story, it, it goes back to, I was a kid, and I hooked on to Kenny Roberts. I mean, Kenny Roberts was, he, he, he was the next guy that I really thought was so cool because I could see, I saw him actually race at Columbus. He would go through a hole and, and, and pass guys. And then I read all about him on, on in Cycle News, and, and, you know, he to me, he was just, he was just so cool. My mom, and I'm going to keep in mind, this time I was about 10, maybe 11 years old. My mom bought me a brand-new Huffy, all-black bicycle, okay? We farmed. We had Minneapolis Moline tractors. Minneapolis Moline tractors were yellow and black, mm-hmm. the same color as the tractor Yamaha. So I found a can of Minneapolis Moline yellow paint. And I took and I painted, which, you know, you do stupid things, but when you're a kid, but I painted yellow stripes on this black, brand new black bicycle. <laughs> and I'm riding them down. The, yeah, seriously. I mean, yeah. And I'm riding them down the driveway, stone drive, and I'm slamming on the brakes. And I'm kicking it sideways. I'm Kenny Roberts. I'm Kenny Roberts, man. <laughs> well, after a while, I had the stone pushed up to all that was left was just a base. And I went cruising down to the end of the driveway, and I slammed on the brake, and it hit that saw, and I high-sided. And I rolled, <laughs> and I landed. Now, keep in mind, I had seen On Any Sunday two or three times, which, to me, On Any Sunday is what got a lot of people involved in the 70s in going to the racetrack. Because we didn't have anything else to do. You see that? So anyway, so I had seen On Any Sunday. And I get up, and I'm like, wow, I don't even have a scratch on me. I don't even have I'm not Kenny Roberts. I'm Dave Aldana. You know, I mean, I just crashed and I didn't. But now, I, I, what hurt worse, here's what hurt worse, Scotty. It wasn't the crash on the bike. It was when my mom came home and saw mm-hmm. them damn yellow stripes on the, motor, on, the, on the bicycle. I couldn't sit down for like three days. You know, my elbows, <laughs> but no, yeah. So, so, so let's go back and fast forward again with Dave Aldana. We go to Indy. Dave's going to Indy. I believe he was Grand Marshal that year. It was like, uh, it, it wasn't, of course, last year was the last year they raced at Indy. And it was, you know, there was a time a couple of years later they didn't race. They kind of had to last year because they got it, you know, set up the last minute. But it was like the time Dave was Grand Marshal, which was probably, I don't know, six, eight years ago. Okay. We were staying with Mike Stewart who's a photographer also, he's got Stoosh, uh, shots for us, uh, and he lives in a suburb up where Danny Ingram is out around Claremont. And so we just said, asked Dave, would you just want to stay with us? And we asked Mike, if, we just, if they, oh yeah, what's your lady? So it was, uh, it, we stayed up in Venture Age. Mike went to bed. So we're talking, me and Dave were, you know, talking and, and here's this guy that I thought was, wow. I'm saying, I'm thinking it was him because he was like 
he was another one of my heroes. Um, and all of a sudden, they were like, well, you got, are you getting hungry? Yeah, well, so Mia's outside. So I said, well, you know, maybe we could go down and get something. Yeah, he says, let's, let's see what he's got to eat. So here's, I'm 55 years old at the time. Dave's 65, something like that. Dave's up on a chair with a pen light. I can't remember if it was a pen light or a Bic lighter. Going through the cupboard, looking for stuff. I, I'm, I'm now down to, at the refrigerator with my thumb on the button. Because, you know, we didn't want light to know we're raging. <laughs> Mia walks in. She was outside. It was a nice night. She walks in, and she's like, she went and looked in the bedroom. I wasn't in there. She looked in Dave's room. He wasn't in there. She's like, what are these guys? So all of a sudden, she says, what are you two doing? Of course, we shushed her. Shh. You know, we're looking for something to eat. I thought I saw a can of peas. That's yeah. no fun to eat again. So Dave's up there, and he finally, Dave finds a box of four cinnamon rolls that Mike had gotten, you know, for us in the morning. Dave went ahead and ate his. Yeah. And so there's only three left. And then so he gets up the next morning, and he comes out like he'd been in the shower with a towel around his neck. And he's like, well, I don't want you guys. I got up early. I was hungry. I found them cinnamon rolls. I'm like, what? So that's story number two, where one of my heroes as a kid, and yeah. I always become one of my best friends. That's so, awesome. I, I, yeah. I love the story. I love the stories. And we're going to get, get to a couple more here in a little bit. But I also want to talk to you guys about FlatTrack.com. And Wayne Hosaka, a former racer himself, started and, and father of FlatTrack.com, ran the web, website for 15 years before he passed away. But what I want to know, Mia, uh, ha, did you meet Wayne personally or just through the, the website? Or tell me a little bit more about the connection between you and Wayne Hosaka. Well, um, I like to say that Wayne was the father I should have had. Um, Haas was an incredible human being um, in many ways. And although we never met in person, we spoke on the phone almost every day, um, spoke through emails um, on the Internet. We, we he was a constant lifeline in many ways. Um, we miss him every day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So when you get down, when you get down, and you think, man, I, you know, I, you, you go back and you think about what Wayne did. You know, he was paralyzed and from the, from the neck down, but he he rebounded. He learned how to paint, mouth paint, and he could paint. Mm-hmm. I've got three or four pictures of like Eddie Mulder going over the jump that he he painted. Wayne painted him with his mouth wow. because, you know, he was unable. Yeah. And I mean, you couldn't tell any difference than what, you know, and me, the story that she told a little bit ago about her sports, we had no mm-hmm. idea at the time when we were on the, the, the Wayne was, you know, the, paralyzed. And all of a sudden me put that story up and there was a, a, a post below that. And all it said was from Wayne, it said, Mia, I love you. And we had no idea. Right. And one day, like two weeks later, our phone rings. And it, you, you, can, you can finish the story, Mia, because you, you tell it way better than I would. Well, just the, the phone rang, and um, it was Haas. And we just looked at each other. We're like, what did you write? Because we thought for sure we were in trouble. If, <laughs> you know, Haas was mm-hmm. calling us. It, and uh, that was the start of a very beautiful but all too brief um, 
little family within a family we had. Um, yeah. He, he He's missed every day. And before he took ill uh, the last time, he had asked um, if anything happened, if we would help maintain, you know, the forum. Or, and we agreed we would, of course, not thinking anything would happen. Right. And that that was the winter he passed. Um, wow. Yeah, like I said, we there's not a day we don't have to ask ourselves what would Hoss do, and then think, yeah, but we're not Hoss, so we're right, gonna, right, we're, right, we're, right. We're, we're we're gonna try to do it, but yeah, it's just not gonna work for us. We'll try. <laughs> well, he he had never been to a race in the Midwest, and um, so he he asked us. He said, "Would you shoot some videos?" So I can see, you know, we started out just doing the video stuff just for him. Mm-hmm. And other yeah, I had never shot and, a video before. Okay. Right, right. So uh, one thing we did was uh, if they were getting ready to practice, uh, a, a practice session, and we were standing over there by, you know, where they go on the track, and all the bikes were warming up. We had dialed up his number, and he answered, and she says, give a listen to this. And the bikes oh, took cool. off the first ball. Yeah. And when me got back on the phone, he had tears in his eyes. You could tell he was, he was, he crying. was so happy. Yeah. 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 It was a happy cry, but he was so yeah. happy. Yeah. It, it, I mean, and it was just, uh, and, and that's why we are so determined. It's not about us. It's not about, it's about the, and, yeah. and we feel the same way about the, the keeping that alive for the older riders keeping it alive for the modern riders and keeping it alive for these little young guns coming up. We want to keep right. it, you know, you know, yeah. well, very few people know that if it weren't for Hoff, the photography aspect of what we do never would have happened. Wow. Exactly. That's, that's amazing. Yeah, Hoff, when I was in college, I was taking photojournalism. Right. I wanted to be um, – Terry Anderson was one of my heroes when I was a kid. I wanted to be a journalist and travel the world and, you know, bring back the truth on big stories. And, you know, they were heroes to me back when media was media. And um, I was taking my introductory to photography course. I was assigned to shoot, you know, some pictures of the football field. And this was back in the old days where you took your film in and somebody would chisel a portrait resembling whatever you'd taken into stone and, you know, whatever it was we did back then. Uh, Film developing, that's what it was called. So they had me drop off the film and come back the next day. And my professor handed me my envelope and said we couldn't use any of your pictures. Wow. Of course, I was I was sad about this, I and mean, I had tried really hard. So I said, um, "Do you have any advice that you could give me, meaning to help me improve my pictures?" He said, "Best advice I could give you is to sell your camera and use the money." Wow! Yeah, slam. And yeah. I was shattered. Um, I did not take any more pictures, you know, for a long time. And when Haas was asking he was going through a depression and we were getting ready to go to a race and he'd been feeling really down and we wanted to cheer him up so i borrowed my oldest daughter's 19 dollar radio shack camera 
And yeah. we tried to take pictures and shoot videos and put together a little cheer up video to present the entire day of racing from the viewpoint of a new fan or, you know, from the viewpoint of somebody who was at the race. Right. And so instead of just showing the racing, we were showing the guy, you know, sitting in the bleachers eating popcorn or the little kid watching the bikes whiz by or the long line, you know, the drink stations. And we put it together and sent it to him. And we didn't realize at the time how many people were appreciative of the fact that somebody was taking pictures of them because usually they they didn't get pictures taken because they finished back of the pack or, you know. And the appreciation and kind words from people kind of encourage us to try to take more of them and more and more, and now they've created a monster. Wow, that's amazing. I, I love the story of the, the background of how you got to get back into photography and put smiles on people's now, faces, uh, and that's what it's all about. Well, and it's really cool now. I see pictures in magazines from Japan and Australia and Canada and Hungary, and you know, some of the photos we've been lucky enough to catch have appeared all over the world, and part of me hopes, just a tiny little sliver, likes to fantasize that my probably by now old and decrepit photography teacher is sitting in a waiting room somewhere getting his bifocals done and yeah sees a sports magazine sitting there and picks it up (laughs) (laughs) and goes i recognize that name Mm -hmm. (laughs) she got pretty good with those crayons it looks almost like a picture (laughs) exactly so let's get back into flattrack.com a little bit more. Yeah. So you guys end up taking it over after Haas passed away. Um, when did it transfer from a, a full-on website to how you go to Facebook to find the information? When when did that transition happen? Because I don't even remember that happening. Well, the Facebook page actually occurred while Haas was still living. Haas pushed okay. for me to join Facebook for probably, what, honey, a year and a half, two years yeah. before yeah. Before I gave in and set up a page, I wanted nothing to do with social media. I had no interest in it. Mm-hmm. But he said, "All that's a new wave, and all the racers are staying in touch there, and all the promoters are putting races there, and I need someone to get on social media and put out the word, you know, when there's something on the website. So I was elected to be the social media fronts person for Facebook. Okay. After we got it established, um, we had a problem with some hackers that kept knocking the website off the air, sometimes for a few hours, sometimes for a week or two. And when the website got knocked down one time, it was immediately before the Springfield Mile. So there was a total panic on how we'd be able to, you know, share race results and pictures. And we didn't have live timing and all that then. So Haas had us use the Facebook page to do the Springfield coverage. Mm-hmm. And we kind of used the page for a while just to, hey, there's an article, or there's a post on the forum people are checking out. Come look at it. Or, hey, you know, just basically as kind of a sister site to the forum. 
when the forum went down completely for the last time and the decision was made to let it rest with Haas, we were kind of torn whether we should do the same thing with the Facebook page or keep it going. And um, the needs of the many outweighed the needs of the few. We decided it was more important to keep the site going the best we can for as long as we can Mm -hmm. than to let it crash. So that's where we're at. So it it sounds like a full-time job, and I know it it, it sounds like it's mostly just you two taking care of it right now. Chu, what do you do to keep to keep this going uh, for all these fans, uh, or or are you are you going to tell me it's all Mia doing that on top of the four other things we talked about? She does. <laughs> no, he wouldn't. He wouldn't even no. tell a story that big. Now here's the deal. Um, here, uh, the, I, and this is one thing where I, that I really enjoy. I, this is, and it's a good thing I enjoy uh, flat track the way I do because it. This is a lot. I tell people this is my uh, golf game or this is my bass boat or whatever you call it. Mia works in the evenings and I'm home in the evenings. So that gives me time to do whatever I got to do with the website as far as sharing uh, writer's reports, uh, uh, doing my own deal with if I happen to think of a story that, you know, like I've told, uh, and keeping it going. And also, you know, we what we both do is we've got to kind of, police it. We don't only want to say, uh, you know, your opinion doesn't, doesn't, uh, isn't of any value because everyone's opinion is, is valued on it. It's when it gets to the point where it starts going out of hand and it gets ugly where people call other people names and it, it, you know, basically the old saying, uh, uh, making a mountain out of a molehill turns into a, 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 a basically S storm uh, and what people don't realize and what I think about is this we got over almost 15,000 members on that thing and there's still a thousand yet waiting to get on there because we kind of just don't let anybody I mean you got to be careful because of the spammers so there's 15,000 people on that site which is a big site. It's a big flat drive site. And if they get on there and they get crazy and they start making things look very negative on any point of view, if you're a sponsor and you're going to put a lot of money or are thinking about putting money into the sport of flat track, and you may not know anything about it, but you, you think, okay, I, I want to invest some money in flat track. Because, you know, uh, maybe I saw a race. Maybe I am a, maybe I got somebody working for me that goes to flat track, and I kind of I kind of want to get my name in there. Okay, so you Google up flat track, and the first thing that pops up is our site. Say, I'm going to use this for example. And the first thing you see is, hey, you know, uh, you're a so-and-so because you don't agree with what I say. Mm-hmm. Or you... Well, what's a guy going to do? I don't want my name involved in that. I'm out of there. And my money's going to go somewhere else. So that is why we try to be careful about, you know, and it's a, it's kind of a double-edged sword because if you cut too many things out in a way, then you're being media police, which we really don't want to do, but sometimes you have to because of, of 
it can actually do more harm than good for the sport. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that, that's just my own personal thought. And maybe that's not right, but that's the way I think. And as long as uh, as we're pushing the buttons, uh, we're going to try to keep it that way. I, I I agree with that too because if somebody you know Google's Facebook or you know flat track, just like you said, and they don't they don't want to see all that negativity, and it's not good for anybody. I mean it it's you know that's not what flat track is. Yeah, everybody has opinions, no. but sometimes. They just need to kind of keep them to themselves or have that conversation with that other person. I agree with you. Let's let's keep that to themselves or whatever. I mean, I, I'm right there with you. When you were, you know, when you were 19, 20, 30 years old, when you were doing things, as, whether it be racing or, you know, number one, back in the 70s was probably one of the better times that flat track saw because it, you had R.J. Reynolds in there with the big money. You had a lot of coverage, you had a lot of riders, you had a lot of promoters, you had a lot of racetracks. Mm-hmm. Ascot's gone, San Jose's gone, uh, Syracuse is gone, uh, Louisville's gone, Columbus is gone. So right there's five venues that don't get put on the schedule anymore. And, and people were used to going to them. And what I was getting ready to say was, when you're, because I remember when I was 20 years old, it was cool. It was really cool because you 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 know you were young and you look at things different than than what you do when you're say sixty. So change is hard. Change is hard. And a good example of that is when I was a kid. Look at a push lawnmower. You choked it. You pulled the you pulled the cord and you mowed twenty four inches of grass. That was all there was to it. Uh-huh. A new lawnmower today, it takes five people to start it because of all the gears and levers on it. We're safe, you know. <laughs> and, and then, but it's still, it, my point is, it still will mow 24 inches of grass just like the old ones did. It's just a little mm-hmm. harder to get. They still go left. They still wear a steel shoe. They still can give you all kinds of excitement in the world. Mm-hmm. And we cannot live, we cannot live in the past in anything. We can think about the past and remember the past, but the way things are set up, you cannot live in the past. It just won't work. And that's what they're, I mean, when's the last time you got a letter with a typewriter? You know, think about that. Right. So exactly. it, it's the same thing with, it's the same, it's the same thing with, with flight track. Do I agree with everything that's going on right now? No. Do I hate it? No. Do I wish it was like it was? No, because it won't work. Number one, we got way too many things to do today. Mm-hmm. Back when I was when I was a teen, we had four channels on a TV set. We didn't have all the you know the, the, the we didn't have all the electronic devices we got today. And back when they went to we had a lot of Class C races in little towns at the fairgrounds because that was the way the fairgrounds made some money. And when you mm-hmm. went to those races. It wasn't nothing to go to little old Marina High and Factor Harley Davidson would unload there just to test their bikes. There wasn't nothing to have, you know, you could win your heat as a novice and not make the man because I took 12. But right. you could still go to, say, a Steve Nace race. You can still go to an AMA vintage race. And mm-hmm. you can still see the old Triumphs and the old BSAs and the old Yamahas. And, 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 you know, and now the XR750 still run, and you still see the little 252 strokes go. Mm-hmm. 
to to satisfy your quench to go back to to the way it was. But to try to live back in the in the past, it, it we just can't do it. And, and that not just not flat track, but 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 everything. If you yeah. really love the sport, like we do, if you really love the sport, you know you will you will go and you will enjoy it. And if you if you want to bring fans with you, that's cool. If people want to go and get involved, I mean, what Mia does is she she'll put a writer on her uh, on her ticket book at B Dubs, mm-hmm. and she'll flip it over to people, and she'll look for Harley people to come in or bike people, and she'll and they'll ask her that's flat track, and Mia'll go, yeah, they still do that. So it's kind of like a lot of people that maybe went years ago have no idea that they still do it because maybe they're not, you know computer equipped maybe they don't follow it that way uh, maybe right. they don't talk to people so um but yeah me and i helped take the air fence down we were sinking in mud 20 feet out from the inside rail taking down the air fence by the way if that should be something that you should be threatened with if you break the law you can either go to prison or you can take down <laughs> the air fence in a, in a mud hole, right? Taking, uh, yeah, wild training and at ninety degree humidity. Mitt was sinking into her up to almost to her calf. Everybody was going over to get the air fencing, and there was a guy at it somewhere. I think New York, maybe, who said they could erase the sun. <laughs> well, you know, were you here? No. So that's what we have to deal with. Right. And we try to handle it with kid gloves because, like I say, we don't want to be media police, but we've come to the conclusion that we shut down a week ago because we got tired of it. And we've come to the conclusion if we have to do that, that's what we're going to do because we want to keep it enjoyable. That, that's what I that's what yeah. I wanted to ask you ask you guys about too. You know, we heard that you were possibly shutting it down and, and Carter and I and Sammy Sabedra, we just kind of looked at each other like, well, where are we going to get our news? You know, what what are we going to do? So <laughs> I'm glad you didn't shut it down. I'm glad no. you just kind of put us all on timeout for a little bit. Well, well you know, you know we would, what we would have done was we would have continued on our own deal because you're not going to keep us away. I mean, play or not play, whatever they call it. Uh, and, I, I, you know, we're going to go. So me and Chu would still be covering races, but it would be on our own deal, on our own uh, page and we would share Which, but go ahead for me that me. would be heartbreaking you know that for me that oh, would be that heartbreaking one. because you know the site to me isn't our site you know it's Hasa's page it's a community it's not right. our group it's the community's group the problem exactly. is with Hasa's site Haas had several moderators including us he had his right-hand man, Root, he had a little band of people who helped. And sometimes a post would come up and a moderator would think that needs to come down. And another moderator would think, no, I think that needs to stay up, even if we don't agree with it. And there'd be a whole debate while everyone argued whether or not this post was, you know. And we didn't want to deal with that. Um, We temporarily had some people that we added as moderators and it 
didn't work out. We had people who were just approving all for the screened entrance and spammers coming in, and it, it got really ugly. So we thought, well, we'll just do it ourselves, and then as time goes, we'll bring in some of the more you know, valuable contributing mem- members and assign them moderator jobs, and then we can back off. And it turns out that we have too many valuable community members. <laughs> how can you pick one and say, right. you know, There's how can you pick one stuff. person? <laughs> I get there's it. a lot of good people. There's a lot of good people on that site. And, and there's a lot of good contributors on that site, and, and, and more, more, way more positive than negative. Right. And, and they contribute a lot. It's 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 kind of cool that um, I I think I saw a site the other day, and somebody was asking about it, one of the twins, and uh, Brian Smith came on, and you know, I mean, he he told some people what he thought and how he would set up one of the bikes. People gonna ask. How would I do this? You know, I, I, I'm just getting into it. It's one of the few sites where somebody will come on and they'll say, hey, can anyone help me with the setup? I've tried this and this and this. And next thing you know, you've got some, you know, a whole group of tuners, some of whom I consider legendary, and they're all hopping on there giving advice. Or right. somebody will say, hey, I'm going on vacation this week. I see on the calendar there's a race at such and such. Has anyone been there before? What kind of setup should I use? Or, you know, and the way that there's always somebody there to tell you what setting or what class or, you know, different thing exercises to try. And no matter what information you're looking for, it seems like there's a group of people there ready and willing to help. And that, to me, is kind of like what the flat track race world is like. Absolutely. So I've got, I've got a little story because I want to hear some more two stories, maybe one or two more before we let you guys go. But little does any of the world know, but I, the only reason I'm an announcer is because of the flat track forum. And it was Mike really? kid. Yes. It was Mike kid who put a post on there. If anybody wants to be in the limelight, if anybody likes to travel, anybody likes to have fun. You know, yeah. send a re- send a resume to me or to I, might, I can't even remember who it was. It might have been SRO Pace, and mm-hmm. so I did that. And they asked for a video, and I was married at the time. My ex-wife helped me make this video in my race room. I made up a race. My wife recorded it as I made it up on the way, and uh, <laughs> we sent that in. And it was six months later. I got a job with. Uh, what would be Clear Channel Motorsports at the time. It was SRO Pace making the transition to Clear Channel Motorsports, and I was hired by Monster Jam all because of the Flat Track Forum. And wow, I, it, 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 was, it was amazing. And it went from there to Live by Sports to doing some local flat track racing. And then, uh, you know, Live by Sports was kind of like what Fans Choice was at the time. It was, you know, in 2005, 2006. But and then when, uh, you know, some, some things happened along the way, uh, you know, J.B. Norris passed away. I announced the next weekend yeah. at Topeka, Kansas. And then the next year, Barry Boone and myself were hired to be the announcers for AMA Pro Racing at the time. And it's all because of the Flat Track Forum. And I just I wanted you guys to know that. Oh, wow. And I, I, I think That's you guys amazing. really, 
you guys really have to keep this site going. I know it's a lot of work, but I know the fans out here love what you guys do. So I wanted you guys to know that before we get into the next story. So here, here you go, Chew. You've got three well, choices. That means a lot, Scotty. Well, of course. Yeah, Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So, Chew, I'm, I'm going to give you three names, and I want a story from one of the three. How's this? So George Roder Sr., Jay Springsteen, or Scott Parker. Tell me a story about one of them. Well, okay, I'll tell you Springer, honey. Yeah, I will. Uh, okay, Springer was a rookie when Roberts won Indy on the, the TZ. You know, uh, so Roberts beat the XRs with a motorcycle that it was a road racer, of course, and everybody knows that story pretty much. Mm-hmm. And he won with the last lap, last turn, you know, at the checkered flag, just barely beat him. And Corky Keener was second, and Jay was third. And uh, so Jay was up on the box that night with Kenny Roberts as the winner. So Bill Warner and Jay Springsteen, of course, had Warner Springsteen racing together for a while. And the night at Indy that Brian Smith won on the Kawasaki, beat the XRs. That was the first one I believe he had on that Kawasaki. Mm-hmm. The Warner Springs. I was standing right next to Jay, and Jay kept grabbing me up by my arm and saying, Chew, Chew, look at my arm. Look at my hairs. And it looked like he stuck his finger in the electric socket. They were standing <laughs> straight up. And we'd spin around, and we watched the big Tron as they went down the back stretch. And then we watched as they came down the front straight. And Brian won. And here's my point. The same guy that got third in 75 mm-hmm. behind a motorcycle that had never won before was his one of his involvement in that motorcycle, the, 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 the Warner Springsteen Kawasaki, the Smith one, beat the XRs that night 40, 50 years later. That's how it worked for us. And I think it's so cool that I could put that together, you know, as, as – because we all, if we, a lot of people never saw Springer race as a youngster. I got to see that. I got to see him race as a novice, him and his brother Kenny. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people, you know, he, he was in the glory days, 76, 77, 78, all the way through till he retired. And uh, he just, uh, John Vendez was trying to get an interview with him once. And, uh, Man, he says, he got a hold of him and says, how do you get this? I mean, how do you, I said, ask him how many squirrels he's got last week. <laughs> you know, and he said, man, he said, I asked him how the squirrel hunting was, and I, I couldn't get him off the phone. Right, so, right. He's just as genuine as genuine can be. Um, I helped him, I got to help him at Wauseon a couple of years ago. When him and uh, uh, George Roder did Junior did a master race, and yeah. Jacob in, and not only was his clutch side grip twisted clear around, but his <laughs> throttle grip was twisted clear around. <laughs> and he's wow. like, "Chew," and, and and he's like, "Man, my body knows, or my brain knows what I want to do, but my body's like, eh, maybe you better not push it that hard." So yeah, that. <laughs> Those are three stories right there that go back to when I was a kid yep. and end up when I am today. And that's it. how back, back, back yeah, it, it's just, uh, and that, that's just, that's just three of many. I mean, 
get up on a holler at Springfield and watch a race with Jay Springsteen on the left side of you and Scott yeah. Parker on the right side of you. Now, I guarantee you, you had live, more bruises on him than the pea gravel. <laughs> yeah, it was like, yeah, they, they're elbows. Shoot, 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 look at cool. What, yeah. what cool's doing? Yeah. And it's like, man, I got down off the holler, and it's like, I short-tracked those guys. I just short-tracked them, <laughs> you know, in, in, in a cubicle. And one of them yeah. would elbow and one of them So that is cool that I've been able to, to have the great friends that used to be, you know, Steve Moore has another one. Uh, yeah. Look 45 minutes from me, and just as good as gold. I mean, just the whole nice guys. is full of amazing people. Exactly, and it don't have to be. It don't have to be them guys. It can be. It can be guys that don't even really. They just want to go have fun, right? And uh, yeah. pull up. Yeah. Yeah. Right on. Once right, you so... put a personality with the faceless helmets and. <laughs> yeah. Get to know the people under the the numbers. You can't help but love the sport. Absolutely, absolutely. So we wrap up the the podcast with a couple of different things. The next thing up is Graham's question, and then we get to some rapid fire questions. I'm not giving you any heads up on those, but Graham says that she's always been a fan of you guys. She's she's excited to hear oh, the backstory of you two. And she she doesn't know a lot about you guys, you know, so she really is looking forward to this episode. So I texted her a couple of days ago. But her question is, how long have you two been married? And I don't even know if you are married. We are not married officially yet. Okay. We have been, as far as we're concerned, a married couple since 2008. I love it. That's exactly. That's, yeah. That's exactly what I was thinking. I, I mean, I knew you guys been together for a long, long time. And, uh, you know, Carter, Carter, who's the big part of this podcast, too, he's been with his girl for eight years, and they're never getting married. I mean, some people just don't believe in yeah. it. Some people, whatever's working, you know, stick to it. If it's working, yeah. let's do it. Um, so the, yeah. the And her last little comment was she loves the fun-loving conversation. That was what she wanted me to leave you two with. So uh, that, that's Graham, and she can't Aww. wait to see you guys at a race real soon. So Oh, uh, we the, can't wait to see her. Give her our love, please. Yeah, I will. very special lady. Once again, she could write a book on, on, the, on the sport. She's very, yeah, very, very, I mean. Always you know, puts a smile on my face. Yeah, exactly. She's amazing. So uh, we're going to wrap it up with some rapid-fire questions. Um, I'll ask one at a time. So uh, the first one, I'll go with Mia. What is your favorite motorcycle? Oh, to ride or to watch? Whatever comes to mind whenever I say that question. Okay, to watch a flat tracker, any model. Any model. Going fast, turning left. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Chu, same question. What's your favorite motorcycle? My favorite motorcycle has always been the XR750. And, and, you know, I've always said the XR750's mother was a sportster. And it's old man still doing It's old man still doing time in a federal prison. That's how I felt about the (laughs) XR750. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Um, Since since Mia asked, got to answer the first one, Chu, you get to answer this one next. What's your favorite racetrack? Lima, by all means, okay. because that's where I that's where I cut my teeth on 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 one of the races was it pea okay. gravel, uh, Lima. Mia, what's your favorite racetrack? Mm. 
again, I have different answers for different aspects. Wasiom for the crowd, Lima for the, the pea gravel, mm-hmm. Springfield for the speed. I mean, I can I can right. keep going. Frederick has a unique surface that I love. Yeah. What, what's your favorite? What's just one? What's your favorite racetrack to shoot pictures at then? Probably either Springfield or Lima. Okay. But Frederick is really close in there, too. Gotcha. All right, Mia, who's your favorite flat tracker all time? My favorite of all time mm-hmm. hasn't been born yet. All right. All right. You got one on the way that yeah, you're, you're thinking I love about? Them. No, no, no. I'm just saying I love them all. Okay. And I can't choose a favorite. So I'm just going to say if there's one that's better than any of the ones I know, they haven't been born yet. All right. I love that. I love it. Uh, Chu, here's your chance. Do you have a favorite flat track of all time? You've mentioned some of the greats. Uh, do you have well, a favorite? It's hard to choose a favorite in this game. Um, you know, uh, Scott Parker probably is one of the ones that ranked near the top. I've had people ask me, who do you think the best rider ever was, the greatest rider? And you know what? You really, anybody that's ever won a national, a grand national championship, number one place, it's pretty darn good. Mm-hmm. Anybody that's ever won a national was pretty darn good. Anybody that ever won a heat and, at a national yep. was pretty yep. darn good. So, and then you take it to but, my level that even the guy who finishes in last has lapped me every time. Yeah, it, <laughs> no. it's it's amazing. It's amazing. You know, like you said, just just going out there and competing, you know, makes them amazing. You know, just to just to go do mm-hmm. it, especially at the Grand National level or the American Flat Track level, if you'd like to say now, um, they're all amazing. I agree with that. Uh, next question. This one's a little bit tricky. I don't think we've asked this one yet, but uh, Mia, you can go first on this one. What's your favorite racetrack food? With a knee-jerk response would have to be the lima chicken. All right. Chu, what about you? Yeah, PMC burger. Oh, yeah. I think I had 10 of them one time. (laughs) They just just kept bringing it to me. They're so good. They're so good. Now we know why they're always sold out. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They got to keep the announcer happy. Um, Let's see. Um, I'll start start with me on this one, too. who wins Lima this year? And if you want to, you can give me the winner of all three classes. All right. Well, the winner will be the first one to cross the line. Yes. Oh, kind of on, yeah. work, Scotty. Uh-huh. <laughs> I yep. thought you'd been in this game long enough. You knew that. Well, I, I was struggling with that one, so I'm glad you're here to get, you know point me straight. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you're not, you're you not going to pick me. a winner? I don't do... I don't yep. do predictions, and I always okay. cheer loudest for the one and fourth. All right. All right. I like it. Chu, you want to make any predictions for Lima? Well, I don't like to predict either, but, uh, you know, I'll go with what I, what I, you know, kind of get. Shane, the texture goes awful good over there in the 450 mm-hmm. class. Uh, I'm hoping that the Vandercoy kid, which Jerry Vandercoy, his dad, rode my XR. So that's kind of why I, but anyway, I'm hoping the Vandercoy kid figures out how to, I, I'm going to tell him when I see him, there's a thing on the left-hand side of that bike, it's called a clutch. Yeah. And when the light goes green, let go of it. 
<laughs> I just kidding. Jared does a good job. But uh, right. I, I would like to see now that Jared got, in that, that got the Indian on him, I'd like to see him win. You know, and the promoter, uh, Jared Meese is going to be tough. Uh, right. uh, well, Corey Texture could win the thing, you know, yeah. in the, in, also in the. In, so uh, it's just hard to predict because who knows? All right. Well, uh, since you guys are both being politicians on that one, um, I'm going to ask you this question. Um, Chu, who do you think can milk a cow better, Jared Vandekoy or Briar Bauman? Uh, with my tutelage, with my tutelage, I could probably get them both, get them all, get one on one side, get one on the other side, and we probably have it. It, it'd probably be a, uh, I'm going to say a tie. Okay. All right. You guys Although Mark Rockwell. Too, though, his, his tutelage, he'll supply him with a horse. <laughs> well, maybe. Why not? You got, Mark Rockwell did tell me this. Mark Rockwell told me he could out milk a cow faster than a milk machine. And I suggested, really? why don't we have a milk off between you and Ronnie Rawl? Yeah. And he said, well, hey, maybe that's doable. So yeah, I'll furnish a cow if we can get Mert and Ronnie Rawl to show up and have a, a you know a, a milk cow milk off between two of the goodest flat track racers that was ever there. You know, <laughs> I, I think we should do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and if somebody awesome. spilled the milk, nobody's gonna cry over it, like me. Exactly, exactly. So I think if you guys bring know. the cows. I think if you guys bring the cows, we'll get Jared and Breyer in on this too. We could have, you know, the 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 uh, a vintage class, and we could have a modern class. <laughs> you betcha. All right. Just I so like those two young guys. Hey, just so those two young guns don't get it confused with the throttle cable, and start twisting them. Yeah, things. yeah. Don't twist them. They'll have a crossside cow. They don't like that. Yeah, probably not. Yeah. I got I got one more question. Chew. Give me, give me one of your flat track analogies. Well, the XR seven fifty was the best one I had, Scotty. Okay, so you already, you already just lost it right there in the first turn. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, its mother was a sportster, and its old man's still doing time somewhere in the federal prison. That's what I mean. I've always I liked it. that. Um, I, I love it. Two talks it. and flat track analogies, Scotty. I mean, that's. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. We're the only people. We're the only people I know that go to a crunch station, and we've done this, and we've done it accidentally. But we'll go in and we'll and we'll say, well, uh, we need to fill up, and we're at, uh, Brian Smith, and, we'll, and, that, and the girls say, well, excuse me, I mean, we're at pump four, you know? So, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah, a true story. I get, I get you. Yep, numbers they come they come up everywhere, and you always think of what rider rode that number. That's for sure. All right. Well, I yeah, just want to say thank you, you both for coming on. You guys are awesome. Please keep the flattrack.com going on Facebook. Um, I know there's a lot of haters out there. There's a lot of keyboard warriors out there. And if we have to be put in timeout every once in a while, we, we definitely <laughs> understand. Um, and uh, I want to I give you guys this opportunity to say thank you to whoever you'd like to. Well, you, you go first, well, I mean, anybody that there's so many people out there that have helped us along the way. We we would have, you know, where we maybe they couldn't get to a race. We they made sure we got there. Is that those people know who they are? Uh, Mia. 
Uh, I just wanted to thank all of the promoters who opened the doors to let us come shoot pictures and bring them home to the people who couldn't be there. I want to thank every person who has contributed positively to the flattrack.com forum. And I want to thank you guys for doing the honor of having us on your show. Uh, we appreciate it tremendously. Awesome. I can't wait to see you guys at the racetrack. It's been way too long. Uh, way, way, way too long. I have to shave my beard so you can recognize me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> On that note, thank you so much, and we'll see you soon. You know All right. it. Love you, Scotty. Thanks. Ladies and gentlemen, Mia and Chew. That was awesome. I don't and, know. And, and we, like I said, we could listen to his stories for hours, maybe days. I, I don't know what I expected, but I'll tell you, over-delivered. I loved every second of that. It's, dude, I could listen yeah. to Chew talk, and Mia's pretty damn funny. I didn't even realize that. Mia's funny as hell. She's, she's hilarious. It's it, just, it was good. It was good stuff. Dude, it's... Their passion comes through in the conversation, in how they talk about the sport, how they talk about how they found the sport. Uh, I could literally listen to them talk banter back and forth. I told them they should probably start a little stand-up routine with the Abbott Costello deal. Like, <laughs> they're pretty damn funny, dude. I love it. They're, they're hilarious. Yeah, they they love the sport of flat track. Uh, it's sad that they only got to go to one race last year. Uh, lucky for them that these races are now on, you know, streaming and yeah. they're also live on TV. Or not live on TV, but they're also broadcast on TV. Um, and then, you know, they got a few other ways to keep track of things. But, uh, no, it, it was cool to talk to them, catch up with them. I haven't seen them for a long time. And, and just to hear their story, how they end up taking over FlatTrack.com. And they're doing it for Haas. It's definitely, you can tell when Mia talks about Haas, how much he meant to them. Yep. And and that's why they're going to keep it going. You know, I, I know they shut it down for a week or so or for a few days. I don't know what it was, but... It's just to make sure we're we're all following the rules, yeah. you know. Uh, they put us in timeout for a little while, <laughs> and I guess you know if it works. Sometimes you need to be put in timeout. That's all I'm gonna say. Um, <laughs> no, but like it, it is. I, they make a solid point, right? Like there's there's there is yep. sometimes where you can do more damage to the sport we all love yeah. with words than you're doing than you're helping. So and, and I think that well, I just. I just wish people would would think about what they're saying before they hit send or enter or whatever and think about that person that they're talking about or think about that organization they're talking about or that promoter they're talking about and those are real people there is consequences to everything that comes out or there's repercussions but you know use use your head think about what you're saying imagine if somebody's saying that about you if if you don't want to hear that then don't send that about somebody else. I'll get off my soapbox. <laughs> and if you feel that strongly about it, call the person and have the conversation. Or yeah. see him at the track and have that exactly. conversation. Like Exactly. Yeah. Well, we could talk for days about the keyboard warriors and that whole deal. But, like, it, it's yeah, – I don't think it will ever go away. But if we can limit it or at least tone it down a little bit, at least – at least enough to have flattrack.com people come on there you go, there you go. come on exactly and exactly when people like me and Chu who pour their heart and soul into something like this get a little upset about things like that that's when you know it's right. it's going a little too far so yeah and, and just just think about they're on there every day 
policing it, taking care of it. It's their baby. It's not really. It's Haas's baby, but they're doing it for Haas. But they're doing it because they love the sport. Yep. And there's no, there's no other reason for it. No. And if, if we can make their life simpler, I'm all for that too. Hundo P, hundred percent. I love. There you go. There right. you go. Well, cool man. Cool man. You got any plans for this weekend? No plans at all. I got nothing. Maybe take the training wheels off the bicycle. No, I obviously okay. need the training wheels, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Those have got to All stay right. on, um, but now maybe get some practice in. Maybe one day we'll take the training wheels off, and maybe one day we'll get you on a motorcycle. We'll have to wait and see. But, I'm, uh, I'm gonna be. I don't know. I'll be playing it close to uh, to the social medias. I might be helping Sammy either engage okay. with fans or you know chat it up and find if you guys see something in Iowa or want to see something in Iowa, shoot us a note on Left Out. I got you. Um, I just didn't. I didn't know if you wanted people to to hit you up since Sammy to be busy running around doing stuff or it's probably better you're gonna get a response quicker from me i'll tell you that much uh because i'm thinking i'm hanging out just kind of playing it um on the sidelines this weekend and sammy's gonna be out there running and gunning so if you have a question for sammy you can send it to me i'll make sure he gets it that's kind of what we're planning on doing is uh, i'm gonna monitor social and kind of see how that works if we have somebody off site because we're not all three always going to be at the race right so correct yeah right and you can add stuff from home that that we might not see or whatever so i like it yeah i can send you pictures of my wiener i, I don't want to see winnie cooper i mean i, I do my dachshund. I, I, I have like a dachshund person. by the way not, not, i like not. her i like her in person better it's <laughs> uh, fantastic right, so back to, uh, what back to the outro yeah all right man well you want to say your whole spiel or no yeah what do you say smash that like button smash it smash it smash tell it. all your friends about tell all your friends about off the groove tell them all Leave a comment on Facebook. No, not on Facebook. Well, Let's you can leave, leave it on Facebook. Leave a comment on. Yeah, leave a comment on iTunes though. On that's iTunes, what we really want it. Review, yeah, those iTunes? help us. Those help people find review, us on iTunes. That's what it was. That's what Absolutely. I was looking for. Yep. It's all good. If you have any suggestions for guests, hit us up. Follow me on Instagram at Scotty Dubler. I haven't said that before. You've never I'm said that. It out that's there. new. I had a really cool Throwback Thursday. You did. Uh, Cynthia had the idea. She, she found a couple of pictures. And I added my progressive national number 43 number plate. So I didn't run with that plate very much. And it means a lot to me. And just to just to post a couple of uh, pictures, throwbacks with my national number. It's pretty cool. So it's uh, good stuff. Yeah. Cool. That's all I got. Carter, be careful. Keep the training wheels on if that's what you're going to do. And uh, I'm still keeping it on four wheels. How about that? Because I got my <laughs> two right, on my everybody. bicycle and my two training wheels. Yeah. There you go. Everybody else, keep it on, keep it on two wheels, and we'll talk to you guys next week. Peace. Later. I want to tell you guys one more real quick story before I let you go. It's a Dave Aldana story. It was at Ascot Park one night. He chased Gene Romero for 20 laps, couldn't beat him. He tried high, he tried low, he tried under him, he tried over. He couldn't get around him. Dave got second, Gene won. Some guy came out of the stands, walked up to Dave. He said, Dave, what are you doing, man? If, you, if you'd want done or done this, or if you'd want up underneath, or if you'd... Finally, Dave got tired of hearing him, and he handed him his helmet. He says, here, you go do it. You go beat him. <laughs>